We're speaking about take it to the streets, taking it to the streets. And I absolutely love this theme because I really believe that as a church and as believers in Jesus, one of the main priorities that we need to have in our life is to share the message of what Jesus did in our life with the streets. So the streets doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go out on the street corner and shout your message from the street corner. The streets is just a term to say everywhere that you go. You are a walking, living testimony for what Jesus did in your life, and you might not even need to use words. But the people that knew who you were before, and now they know who you are now, they can just say, whoa, what happened? Jesus happened. That's taking it to the streets, amen? What Jesus did in your life is so amazing, so powerful, you can't help but to be a testimony. Jesus taught us this. Jesus said, don't cover your light with a basket. Let your light shine. We need to let our light shine for the world to see. You know, there's a lot of things that we could be talking about right now here in the church. I'm an American, and so sometimes reading the news about what's happening over there, yeah, there's a lot of things I'd like to say and what I think, because it's a crazy world. And in Germany, a lot of things on the news, it's, it's kind of crazy what's happening. But I think we don't need to be focusing on those things. We just need to be focusing, what did Jesus say? Take it to the streets. The message of Jesus is the answer, not politics is the answer, not new programs from whatever government thing and this and that is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the greatest peace, the greatest unity, the greatest bringer together of people that the world has ever seen. We need to take the message of Jesus to the streets and need to be proud of Jesus to the streets. Amen? Now, we're not doing a parade next Sunday. That's not what I'm talking about. Just in yourself, not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Take it to the streets. You know, the Bible, it's really amazing because Jesus, the last thing he said to his disciples, and it wasn't just 12, it was a whole lot of people up there on the mountain before he was lifted up. He told them, go into all the world and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call that the Great Commission. But the amazing thing is, is when you start to read the Word of God, and I thank God that we have the Word of God in so many languages, we need to realize that this is an amazing privilege that we have today to be alive in 2022 and to look back through history and see the mistakes that were made by previous generations, and there have been a lot of mistakes that the church has made through the generations, but also a lot of good that has come out, especially in Germany. Martin Luther translating the Bible into German. They wanted to kill him. The Pope was so angry that he translated the Bible into German that they literally had a bounty on his head to assassinate him because they did not want the word of God to get into your hands. Whoa, we have the word of God in our hands. 
And so we can read the word of God. And when we read the word of God, we understand that the great commission, yes, it's a great commission. We go into all the world to make disciples, but we also understand all of what Jesus taught us, that there is a balance to everything when it comes to taking it to the streets. And the apostle Paul wrote many things that went into a much more deeper level of understanding of how the church works. Jesus never said about how a church should function or be structured. He never taught that. He just said, go into all the world, make disciples, and baptize. That's all we know, and that he's going to build the church, and the gates of hell can't stop it. But Paul goes into a lot of detail. Here's how we do it. Here's how it works. Here's how an elder is supposed to be. This is what a pastor is. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, all these different things. Paul is so powerful in bringing the whole Old Testament um, prophecies in line with the teachings of Jesus so that we can have a full and complete picture of what it means to be living a Christian life. And one place where Paul is talking about praying for the world, it's very interesting. Pray for the persecuted Christians, Paul is writing. But many times when he's talking about being a blessing, he puts a big priority that as believers, we are to be a blessing to the other believers first, even above those that are outside of the church. And I think that's very interesting because we are a body We are connected as fellow believers. Yes, in this local body, and yes, all over the world, many local churches that are very different than this one. Praise God, there are so many different kinds that we're not all the same. But in this local body, and yes, one big Christian family from not just this time, but all generations together, we are are one family, and we need to be watching out for each other. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be watching when someone is going the wrong way and call them out and say, hey, no, you need to come back onto the right way. We need to be caring for each other. Care in the church is so important. It is so valuable. And if if we don't care for each other, who's going to care for us? Who's going to care for each other as fellow believers? The world isn't. They want to bring us down. They want to challenge our faith, and whether, whether you believe that or not, yes, there is an enemy in the world that is even working through people and through situations and governments that wants to destroy the work of God through the body of Christ. We are a target, and so we must stand up for each other. We must pray for each other and stand by each other in these last days. We have to do that, but at the same time, What Paul taught us about watching out for each other, praying for each other, being a blessing to the body does not make it to be a negative of what Jesus said that we are to go into all the world and make disciples. It all fits together, and we need to have a balance on all of those things together. Amen? But what I want to say today is that we absolutely, 100%, need to have as a main priority For this church, for me, I'm talking to me, and for all of us, a priority to take the message of Jesus to the streets. We have to get this message out of this room, onto YouTube, wherever. We were doing that during COVID. YouTube isn't the answer either, but it doesn't matter the platform. It doesn't matter the way that we do it. It doesn't matter the program that is involved in having that happen. There might not even be a program at all. 
But we need to have as a big desire in our life to spread the message of Jesus. A few days ago, it was actually on Thursday, I got a message from a friend of mine. He's a very close friend of mine that is now living in Switzerland. And he told me, hey, just so you know, my grandpa passed away today. But I thank the Lord he is with Jesus now. And when I read that message, firstly, yes, I was so sad. My friend, he was very close to his grandpa, like how I was close to my grandpa. But when I read it, yes, I was sad. But the second part of that message where he said, but I thank God that he is with Jesus now, I could rejoice with him to know that his grandfather is with Jesus And it made me start to think today in this message, I wanted to ask you, are there people in your life that if they would die tomorrow or today, would you be able to tell other people around you, thank God they're with Jesus now? And if you you know people that you can't say that about, you need to get a desire to spread the message of Jesus to them. Because we don't know how much time is left. We don't know how much time they have left. And if you're not going to tell them, who's going to tell them? You need to wake up. We need to wake up and realize there is not much time. And we need to have a burning desire so strong to get the message of Jesus to the streets because people are dying. And if we don't get the message out of this place, they are going to be separated from Jesus forever. That's how big of a deal this is. It's not about how big this church is going to be. And I want this church to be thousands of people. I am believing for big things for this place. It's not about that. It's about their life forever that you can say when they are gone or when you are gone, people can say, thank God she's with Jesus. He's with Jesus now forever. God does not want anyone to perish. That's why Jesus came, so that everyone could be saved. But it's up to us to get up out of our seats, to get up out of the building, to get up out of our comfort zone, to get up out of what we're used to, and maybe have to say something, maybe have to do something to get the message of Jesus to people that, will, that never heard it, so that they can be saved and set free and be forever with us, with Jesus. We have to have that as a desire. And if you don't have a desire for that, I want to pray for you today in Jesus' name. I pray for the church today to have a desire to get the message of Jesus to the streets. We have to get the message of Jesus to the streets. And so I am praying for you that that desire will become more and more and more in your life because we absolutely need to get the message out of this place to the streets. Amen? Amen? That is, that is so important. But you know, the second thing is that getting the message to the streets is not so much about a program of the church. It's not so much about how we do it or how it's done. And throughout history, there have been many different ways that the church and, and different people took the message to the streets. In the, in the Greek times, writing 
was very important. So in the Bible times, when Paul was walking the earth, writing was a very big deal. And that is why I believe one reason, and thank God that it worked out that way in history and with time, that we have it all recorded down. It wasn't a time when there was just oral history, but it was a time when writing was a big deal so that we can have the Bible. But Paul's writing to the Romans, especially the book of Romans, was written at such a high level of writing style that it would that it would have been accepted by the main scholars, by the main authors of the time. It was brilliantly written in such with the words and the way the words was. It's actually called rhetoric. And so many Aristotle and Plato and many different people would have fit into that category of writing in that style. So Paul took that and wrote the books of Romans, Ephesians in the style of the time so that they would be accepted in this literary world of quality. That's amazing. That's taking it to the streets. Another reason why Paul would preach in the uh, main squares, because at that time in Greek towns, you had something called the forum or like the marketplace, and people would come there with end-time prophecies, a soothsayer, um, maybe you've seen Shakespeare. Some of the plays take place in ancient Greece. Julius Caesar. I think there's a soothsayer in the Shakespearean play uh, Caesar. And so soothsayers and people would come to this plaza and there would be like open discussion in the plaza. And so, of course, Paul coming in, having an open discussion didn't seem weird to them because so many people were coming into that marketplace, into that plaza, speaking out. They even had a place that you could walk up and stand and speak your thing from. So him going there was totally natural. Today, that's not totally natural <laughs> at all. But that's the point. Times change, but the priority of taking it to the streets doesn't change. How we do it has to be different. And I really believe for my life, one of the ways that God has gifted me in my life to take it to the streets is, yes, with music, but also with events. And I love to produce and see events come together and revival meetings and those types of things. I really love to see gatherings of people worshiping God. I love that. And that is such a powerful way to take it to the streets, to promote it, to have it be a big deal kind of event, to have it not necessarily just be like the Berlin Wall thing that we did. That was so awesome. And that's taking it to the streets. But we all have to find within the way that we are working, where we are working, how we are working. There are so many different spheres now. And that's really different. It's not just the royalty and nobility and then everybody else. There are so many different spheres that we are all working at high levels in different places that we need to find together the ways that we can take it to the streets in those ways that fit for what you are doing. Amen? But your testimony, I really believe your testimony is one of the most powerful tools that you have to take it to the street. You know, in my life, when I was 17 years old, I graduated from high school quite young, and I started to study at the university. But at that time in my life, I wasn't really following God at all. I went to church every Sunday with my parents. That's true. But I would say, I don't know if I was a Christian or not. That's a theological, philosophical question. I don't really know. But what I do know is that I was not on fire for Jesus. 
And so I started studying, and then I came to Germany because I wanted to study. So we had already come to Germany. Then I went back to the US, then came back again and wanted to study here. And I had all these ideas and plans for my life, what I wanted to do, what my priorities were. And none of them had anything to do with the church, with God, with anything to do with Jesus, nothing. I just knew what I wanted, and it was all about me. And when I was 19 years old, I went to a revival meeting in England, it was so powerful, and it was a few days long, and on the last night of these meetings, God touched my life with so much power, and there are people here in this church that knew me when I was younger, 17 and up. My parents know, my sister knows how I was before that day, and what God did in my life in that meeting, how he touched me, how he changed me, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful, and I was never the same ever again. Maybe I became a full believer on that night. I'm not really sure. It doesn't really matter. But what I know is from that moment, I was never the same until today. God touched me. God changed me. He filled me with his spirit, and I had a passion to serve him. And yes, all the other things I wanted in my life, guess what? They all came to be, too but the priority to serve him first, and he changed me. I can tell you, I don't know where I would be today if he didn't change me in that moment. That's how big it was. That's my story. That's what God did in my life. He changed me from the inside out. And I know that you have a testimony of what God did in your life that is so powerful. Your testimony is a perfect way to take it to the streets. Another thing of taking it to the streets is I really believe that strategies and programs need to be following the anointing, not preceding an anointing. <laughs> now, this is really interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot, especially in the last years because we've really experienced Yes, with COVID, but yes, with many other things in the church world, especially the Western church world, a lot of upheavals and changes and, and realizations and God revealing things and pruning the church and the body of Christ, and we thank God for that. And something that I've really been thinking is that the strategies and programs need to be following the anointing, not preceding the anointing or preceding what God is doing. Because the truth is, Taking it to the streets, it's all about a work of God. We could have the best music you ever heard in this place, and that would not mean that what's happening here is a move of God. We could have the best preaching you ever heard, ever, from any preacher, any pastor in the whole world in this place, and that would also not mean that it is a move of God. Those things don't matter. It's God, <laughs> not you, not the music, not the place, not the location. None of those things matter. And how often do we get hooked up on those things that don't matter? Oh, the music there is so good. Oh, yeah, their light show is way better than that light show. It's not about any of those things. It's about a move of God. And yes, I love lights. But it has to be after the move of God is happening that we start to use worldly things to steward what God is doing through his house. 
not use the worldly things to fill seats and to fill a place and then hope God's moving after the fact. (laughs) Yeah, you can clap for that. You know, I think a really great example of this is Billy Graham, because Billy Graham was a pastor that um, my family, my mom has shared the testimony of her parents were saved at a Billy Graham revival in the town where I was born. So this would have been the early 1950s. My grandma and grandpa became believers at a Billy Graham service in the 1950s. And because of their decision, you can see my mom taught me and my sister the word of God. And now I am teaching my children the word of God. That Christian legacy was triggered by a Billy Graham revival that they went to. In fact, my, my grandma and grandpa from my mom's side, their family was very bad background, but God transformed their life till they, they never walked away from Jesus. It was so powerful. But Billy Graham, even to the Queen of England, he had an impact on her. Now, the services and the whole structure of Billy Graham's crusades were very organized, very with many systems. They kept changing it, getting better. They knew what to do. But the anointing that was on him to do what he was called to do had nothing to do with the systems that they started to use to track people, to find out how many people had been saved. All those things were simply following what God was doing, and they were keeping up with their systems to follow the anointing of God. Isn't that amazing? And so that really got me to be thinking about myself, about the ministry that I am doing here in the church, but also about all of us that taking it to the streets and having God work through your life is not so much about the external things as it has to do with what's inside of you. What's inside of you. And like I said, we all should have a burning desire to see people saved. But I also would say, (laughs) and this might be a little controversial, but I would also say that we should have a burning desire inside of each and every one of us to do something great for God. If you are just satisfied living a simple, simple life, simple doesn't mean, simple, I don't mean simple in terms of, yes, we need to live a quiet life, simple life, content with what we have, of course. But if you are just happy being behind curtains, being a nobody, <laughs> God wants to make you be somebody for him. And so you need to have a desire to also to want to be used by God in a powerful way. Because when God uses you in a powerful way, you will automatically be taking it to the streets because people will be drawn to you. People will be coming to you. You will be being used by God. And guess what? God wants people to be saved. So when God uses you in a powerful way, yes, people are going to be saved. So I want to read to you from, and then don't put it up yet because I want to give an introduction, but then I'm going to read to you from 2 Timothy And this passage talks about what is inside of the man. And he's writing it to Timothy, who is a man, but it's man and woman, about the character that is needed to be used in a powerful way by God. And like I said, I really believe the strategies, the systems, I have been praying and my wife has been praying, we've been praying for 
at least a year, God, we want to see massive revival. I'm not going to be shy. That we, that's what we're praying. It's not that we're not satisfied with, with our life, okay? We want to see massive revival. We want to see the Holy Spirit touching people with so much power, just healing. And, and it's happening, yes, but we want to see massive revival. And I can remember when Billy Graham died, thinking to myself, okay, God, who, who's the next one? God, who's the next one? Who's, who's the next one coming up? Or maybe it's going to be not just one, but many coming up. And in Germany, we need a Billy Graham in Germany. God, God, I want to see it. I want to see your goodness. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's what I'm praying for. But it's not about the systems. It's not about the strategies. Yes, we need them. But if your character and what is inside of your life is not right and not purified, by the fire of God, you will not be able to be lifted up to be used in a powerful way. And like I said, you should have a desire to want to be lifted up to be used by God in a powerful way. That should be what we all want. Okay, so Timothy, the books of Timothy, they are so amazing. Because like I said, Romans was written as an open, an open letter. Ephesians, an open letter. Thessalonians, an open letter. Corinthians, an open letter. But the books of First and Second Timothy are not open letters. They are basically like private emails or private messages sent from Paul to Timothy. And I love to eavesdrop on those emails, okay? No, not yours, just the Paul's. Forget it bad joke. <laughs> I'm so glad we have them because we can really see the heart of Paul at another level in these messages to Timothy. And so in 2 Timothy, there is a passage, and I'm going to read you the whole thing because I want you to hear this whole thing. And here's what he said. Work hard, Timothy, so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. I'm not going to preach on that today. That might raise a lot of questions for you. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Okay, anyway, moving on. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. You know, precision, correctly explaining the word of truth. I think that's really powerful. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming the resurrection of the dead has already occurred, and in this way they have turned some people away from the faith. And then it goes on in verse 19. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. And then in verse 20, here's what it says. And this is the part that I really want to focus on. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. And some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. 
If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And then in verse 22, here's what it says. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship. So that means being together like we should enjoy to be together with people, with those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Well, that also raises a lot of questions. Are there people that call on the Lord with impure hearts? Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. I told you this is an inside message to Timothy. Yes, there are difficult people in the church. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So Paul is talking about gold and silver and wood and clay. And so I want to ask you the question today, what do you want to be in your life? Do you want to be the gold and silver or the wood and the clay? Paul says it very clearly, the gold and silver are the special utensils that are ready for a big work of God. I want to be the gold and silver. I want to be the gold and silver. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes, maybe deleting something from my phone, not looking at this and that, whatever it takes for my life, to be ready to be the gold and silver for God. And I want you to think about that. What do you want to be? You should have a desire to want to be the gold and silver. Don't settle for the wood and clay. Be the gold and silver, because then you will be ready to be used by God for a big work. And when you are used by God for a big work, guess what? It's going to take it to the streets, not from yourself, but from what God is doing in you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, it's so much better that way. It's more natural that way. And I believe that's the way God wants the church to be operating. The fruit of the Spirit, all the things of the Spirit are of course going to be propelling us to take it to the streets because Jesus didn't come so that anyone would have to pass away and perish and be separated from God. He came so that everyone could find him. And it's up to us to make the decisions to be the gold and silver so that through us, the work of God and the kingdom of God can come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So let's stand to our feet and just give God some praise. As you stand up, give him some praise. Come on, we give you praise today, God. We thank you, Jesus. And so we pray right now in the name of Jesus that there would be that burning desire in each of us to see people saved, that we would be able to declare 
God, they're with you now. They're no longer on earth, but thank you, Jesus. They are with you forever, Jesus. I thank you for that and that we would have confidence and and that we would go out and and be a part of what you want to do so that we could say that our family, that our friends, that the people that we know, that we can say with confidence that they are with you forever. And we also pray that there would be a desire to be the gold and the silver, that we would take the steps that we need to to cut out from our life whatever we need to cut out from our life, that we would be made pure through the Holy Spirit to be lifted up as the special tools in your house to be used to be a blessing to the body, to be a blessing not just to the body, but to be a blessing to the world, to be a blessing to the world, that we would be world changers and that this house would be a house known for taking it to the streets. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.